Good morning. This is the Human Potential Podcast, hosted by me, Essendaradia. It is Saturday morning, almost 7.30 a.m., July 22nd, 2023, and this is episode two. I'm really going to have fun with this one, and this is going to be a really great one, because we're going to be talking about food. I think over the past year or so, food is the most common topic that I've gotten requests for, to discuss, to talk about, because it makes up so much of our lives. It's so ingrained in society, in culture, the way that we interact with people, um, the social outings, the family gatherings. I mean, food is pretty much, I would say it's kind of the, the cornerstone of our life, um, not just from a biological standpoint, but from a social standpoint. And there's so much to discuss here. And I believe that there will be multiple sequels to this project, uh, to this, to this episode. I'm going to actually break up this episode into four different parts. The first part is going to be what food is and what it's made of. Okay, just from the simplest physical definition. The second part is going to be my personal relationship with food. So my journey, my history, give you guys a little bit of an idea of kind of where I'm coming from. The third part is going to be the speculation of your relationship with food. So things that I've heard from you, things that I've heard from society, things that I see out there in the world. And then the fourth part is going to tie it all together. So what we'll do is we'll start off with part one. I'm going to record this in four different parts. So part one, let's get into it. And if you are listening for the first time, Please subscribe. Please follow me on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify. All of the show notes are going to be embedded within the episode itself. So if you missed anything or if I reference anything in this episode, don't worry. I'm going to try to summarize it all together and put it in there with the time. So if there's a specific time you want to go to, if there's a specific topic, you'll know exactly where to go. Um, obviously, my hope is you listen to the whole thing because I'm hoping that this episode won't be more than 30, 35 minutes. But we'll always put those references in there if it's helpful. So let's get into it. So part one, what is food and what is it made of? Okay, so in the simplest sense, before I get into the food, I would like to define one more item, and that is a cell. So what is a cell? A cell, from the basic biological standpoint, is a structural and functional unit of all forms of life. So whether you're a dog, whether you're a cat, whether you're a human, whether you're a plant, no matter what you are in this physical world, it is the most basic building block of structural life, okay? Our human body has over 37 trillion cells. Our brain alone has 80 billion brain cells. So it is essentially what makes us who we are. Our cell is like our source code. If we were robots or androids, it would be pretty much what makes us who we are, Um so keep that definition in mind. What is food? Food is any substance that is consumed by a organism for nutritional support. It comes in the form of carbs, fats, proteins, vitamins, and minerals. You'll notice that I did not mention the word calories, and I'll tell you why. We're going to deep dive into it in the second part. Whatever food is ingested by an animal, so whether it's a human, whether it's a dog, whether it's a cat, 
it becomes assimilated within that organism's cell. And this is why I defined the cell in the beginning. Okay, so whatever you're eating, it's essentially becoming a part of the cell, your source code, right? And what it does is that the, your cells then do their biological functions, which I'm not going to get technical in this episode, but, to, but, that, but those cells give you energy, they maintain life, they stimulate growth, and so forth and so forth. At the same time, those cells can also be a negative part where they cause diseases. We'll talk about diseases as well. There are two major sources of food. I'm only going to talk about two of them. The first one is plants. So seeds, fruits, vegetables, legumes, which are pretty much all sorts of beans and peanuts, uh, grains, which are rice, wheat, oats, and nuts. The second major group of source of food is animals. So meat, eggs, shellfish, dairy. Both groups have great bioavailability of, and, and they're both great protein sources. And the last part about what food is, and you can't, you can't discuss food without mentioning this, but it's taste. So what is taste? It's one of your five basic senses. And it's essentially the sensory system that's responsible for the perception of flavor. So there's five major flavors, sweet, sour, salty, bitter, and umami. Umami is kind of like the savoriness, okay? And it's kind of like you can, you can mix all of these different flavors and obviously create what you like. So taste is very important to food because we eat food that tastes good. Now let's talk about, this is the second part to part one. So let's talk about what makes up food. So I'm going to talk about macronutrients. So this is pretty much what makes up the food that you're eating. And note, there are five major macronutrients. I'm going to talk about all five of them from the least important to the most important. So the very first one, the least important, a calorie. What is a calorie? A calorie is simply a unit of energy. The number that you see on the nutritional label of food, like 200 calories, 300 calories, 400 calories, 1,000 calories, it is simply the energy value of the food that you're eating. That's all it is. All food has calories. The second macronutrient is a carb. So without getting technical, a carb is any food that contains sugar molecules. Once you eat a carb, your body breaks it down into glucose. Glucose then becomes a source of energy. And it is either used immediately or stored in your cells for later use. All food has carbs. And I've been hearing this for like 10 years now. Low carb, no carb, all these different diets. And, and it's all these different diets actually miss the whole point. You must understand what a carb is before you eat no carbs. Before I go weightlifting, I'm going to eat carbs because my body needs that energy. Before going to sleep, I'm probably not going to eat carbs because I'm not doing anything physical. I'm not going to be expending that energy. So I don't want it stored in my, in my cells as fat. But if I'm doing something physical, I would like to eat the carbs. So we'll get into this a little bit later as well. The third macronutrient is sugar. Sugar is simply a sweet tasting carb. Uh, that is the simplest way to put it. All food has sugar. The fourth and the fourth and the fifth macronutrients, these two last ones that I mentioned, these are going to be the most important ones. Number four is fat. Fat is really the fatty acid or triglycerides in food. It is a major and dense part of food energy. Fat plays a massive role in metabolic function, in cell regeneration, and brain health. Similar to, to the whole no carb, zero carb, low carb, I also see a lot of low fat, zero fat. Don't be afraid of fat. Fat 
is necessary for you to perform optimally, for you to live optimally, but you must understand what it is. The fifth macronutrient is going to be protein. And I'm going to say this in the beginning, protein is the most important macronutrient in this world. It is the essential nutrient and amino acid that literally builds your body. It is the building block of body tissue. It's a major fuel source. And the most important, again, I'm repeating, protein is the most important nutritional macro. So much so that without getting really too detailed into my personal diet, 80% of my calories come from protein. That's how important it is. I could do an entire episode on protein, but just so you know, it is the most satiating nutrient of them all. So the more protein you eat, the less hunger you'll feel, the more muscle you'll build if you weight lift, and the more your body will feel optimal. It is responsible for the growth, the maintenance of your organs, your hair, your skin, your nails, your eyesight. It keeps all of your cells healthy. It is by far the most, and I'm going to repeat this again, the most important macronutrient of them all. So part one, we discussed very, very basic. What is food and what makes it up? We're going to reference back to it. So keep it in mind. Let's get into part two, my relationship with food, my personal relationship with food. So between birth and middle school, so really between the ages of zero and like 14, 15, I don't remember much about what I used to consume. My parents could probably tell me, uh, probably ask them, like, hey, what do you guys remember me eating a lot of? All I do remember was that I used to love sugar. And this sugar love started after I moved to America. Now, I grew up in Pakistan. I lived there for about the first 10 years of my life. And I remember in America just becoming addicted and hooked to sugar. And to a point where it wasn't until until I got to high school, you know, you start driving and you become independent. Most people start to consume trash and that's normal in American life. And it's that's a terrible thing to say that it's normal, but it is. It is what it is. And America has the biggest fast food epidemic. There's one on every corner. And, you know, when you're 14, you don't really think, well, I'm going to go ahead and get 10 nuggets from Wendy's for 99 cents. And you don't think like, if Wendy's is selling me 10 chicken nuggets for 99 cents, like what the hell is in these nuggets that they can sell it for so cheap? You don't, you don't think this, you, you think this 10 years later. I used to eat, and I'm not proud of this, but before high school, I used to eat half a dozen donuts a day in the morning. So imagine I'm waking up in the morning and I am just stuffing my face with a bunch of processed crap that is just destroying my health, destroying my metabolic function, destroying my waistline, doing so much damage on the inside. Imagine how my cells were feeling. You remember we talked about cells that are like the source code, they're probably wondering what the fuck is this guy doing eating six donuts every morning. In college, I lived by myself. So in college, most people go through major life-changing events, right? You get stressed with academics, you start dating, your relationship with your parents, your friends, the world changes. So between the ages of 18 to 30, I don't remember specifically about what I ate, but I do remember that I was just not conscious at all. I used to eat every single thing in sight. So no matter what it was, I just ate it. And that is just how I live my life. And that's how most people live their life today. One very, very dark part about my life, and this was in college, in my apartment by myself, I would be glued to the TV from like 10 a.m. to 8 p.m. And I would order like a large pizza, pasta, two liter Coke, wings, whatever diabetic and metabolic bomb you can think of, I would eat it by myself throughout the day. I would literally lay on the couch like a slob and I would just eat 
eat my life away. And it was probably the darkest time of my life. It gave me comfort at the time because I was going through a toxic relationship. My grades were suffering. I didn't really know what else to do. I didn't know who to turn to. Really, really dark part between like 2007 and 2010. Between 2011 and 2020, so that decade, right, this past last decade that we just had, I spent yo-yoing between losing and gaining weight. Every year I would gain weight, then I would lose it. I would gain it, I would lose it. It was just not consistent. At this time, I actually went through a lot of issues myself. I had severe and painful acne on my face, on my body. It was embarrassing. It was like cystic. I, I would literally have boils on my body, like on my armpits, groin, my forehead, I visited four to five dermatologists. They told me that there was no cure for what I was going through. They did not once encourage me to change my lifestyle. They did not once encourage me to take a look at my food. They did not once encourage me to go out there and move my body. There was no mention of becoming healthy. There was no mention of changing your lifestyle. But every single one of them prescribed me the same antibiotic. And they said, you're going to have to take this for the rest of your life. Antibiotics, and we're going to talk about this in a later episode in medicine, antibiotics in general are not that great for your body. Okay? It's a very unnatural way to get healthy. But imagine a dermatologist telling you that you have to do it for the rest of your life. And I just said, no, I'm not going to. And dermatologists don't care about your health. They just care about prescribing you the next thing that'll keep you coming back to them because it is a business at the end of the day. My gut health was terrible. I had constant gas. I had indigestion. I had heartburn. I felt fatigued all the time. I was overweight. My body had a specific and nasty odor to it. Mind you, this is all between the ages of 22 and 30. I was considered a young man. So this is how I spent my youthful years between 22 and 30, like going through all this crap. So how did I change my life in early 2022? It all started with food. And I think this, this movement in my personal life really started in early 2020 and kind of accelerated as COVID hit. So once COVID kind of, kind of came and you know, obviously the whole world changed, right? Like everything got reset, businesses and work from home and vaccines. And the, the COVID was a defining moment in everybody's life. And I started to kind of wake up throughout this pandemic that not once did the government, you know, the people that we were listening to, hey, two weeks to stop the spread and stay indoors and socially distance and mask. And they're telling you all this crap to keep you away from the rest of the world. But not once did they tell you like, hey, make sure you exercise. Hey, make sure you stay healthy. Hey, make sure you eat right. With the more you started learning about COVID, about the fact that if you can have diabetes, your risk of dying from COVID is higher. If you have heart disease, your risk of dying from COVID is higher. Why did they not mention healthy lifestyle? So then I started to connect the dots. I was like, man, if my dermatologist is not mentioning, is not encouraging me to change my lifestyle and neither is the government and Fauci and the FDA and all these guys man this I think I think this is a pretty big racket like this this is all a business and I started to wake up I started to wake up from it all and I started man there's no way that anybody is ever going to educate me I have to educate myself I have to educate myself on food there's no one out there that's going to do it for me I'm by myself I'm literally by myself and I started to take matters into my own hands. So number one, how did I change my life? Education. Remember how we talked about in part one, what is food and what is a macronutrient and what makes up the food? So I started reading about it. 
We are living in a time where you have all of the world's history, all of the world's knowledge at your fingertips. You must learn how to use it. So I started reading, what is a protein? What is a carb? What is a sugar? How does it all interact with my body? How does this, 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 as everything started to connect like a puzzle. Number two, awareness. I realized that big corporations are not looking out for your health, but their bottom line. Did you know that majority of the food in this country is controlled by eight to 10 mega corporations. Can you imagine? The entire food supply of the United States is, is in the hands of eight to 10 mega billion dollar corporations. So when you walk into a grocery store, eight to 10 of those companies are pretty much owning everything that's in that grocery store. That is an incredible statistic. Big food agencies are full of shit. The FDA is not looking out for you. I believe, this is just a personal opinion, that the FDA is simply a middleman between corporations and big pharma. So what they do is they approve the toxic food that the, that the big corporations are putting out there. And then what they do is when it makes you sick, they then go to the other side of the pharmaceutical companies and approve the drugs to get you hooked onto the system. And then you're pretty much in the cycle until you die from a preventable disease. I don't know if you guys know this, but the pharmaceutical companies actually pay the FDA a fee to expedite their drug approvals. And this is according to Forbes, by the way. If that's not enough evidence that you need that they're not looking out for you, I cannot give you anything else. So you need to understand and see reality for what it is. You need to understand the system. You're, and eventually I'm going to draw this out. Um, I know a lot of people are visual, but kind of the relationship between all of this. Number three, consciousness. So I started to view my body and my mind as my sacred temple. This is the only, the body that you're seeing on this reel or on this video or hearing on this podcast, my voice, this is the only body that I get. I only have one shot. This is what I was born with. This is what I'm going to die with. This is my vessel. I reduced the crap and increased the wholesome. And I would make notes about what I ate, how it made me feel. And you know, I hear this so much uh, in, in life. Oh man, I overate. Oh man, I shouldn't have eaten that. Oh, I feel like shit. Yet the same b behavior gets repeated over and over and over again. So why would you continue consuming food that makes you feel like shit? To me, that's common sense, right? So consciousness is being aware of that, is being aware of the fact that if I'm going to eat this fried crap, man, I'm going to feel like crap. And if you know that and you still do it and you feel like crap and then you repeat it, that just means you're not conscious. You're pretty much brainwashed at that, at that point. You need to wake up. Number four, repetition. The better I got at this, the longer I did it, the better I felt. So there was no turning back. At this point, I've pretty much rewired my entire brain over a year, my lifestyle and my thoughts on food. So eventually this was hammered into my head. This is how I need to live my life. Number five, haters. Yes, even on a journey to becoming healthy, you will have haters. People will make comments. Oh, you can't eat that. You're dieting. Oh, let me guess. You can't eat anything here. I've heard it all. I've heard every single snide remark from the world. And you know, it's, it's wild. Society is so backwards that eating less poison and crap and eating less food and more nutrition and wholesome food is equivalent to dieting. So it, it's crazy because like, I know exactly how much my body needs to survive, how much food. But see, our serving sizes in America and serving sizes for most of society, it's out of whack. So like you think that the plate, the, the massive plate of food that you're taking, it's what you need to eat. In reality, you probably only need a third of that to live, but you eat all of it. And then you don't realize that you've overeaten because your brain is sending your signal, is sending a signal to your, to your stomach that, Hey, it, there's a lag. There's like a 10 minute lag. Like, Hey, I'm full. You need to stop eating. 
but we are so like excited about food that we just like continue eating it. So I eat less in general, but I've heard like, oh, that's all you're eating? That This is all I need. I don't need anything else. It's a clown world. You must stay strong on your path in this world of haters. You will be around bad food really often, but view it for what it is. Remember, we talked about it. What is a calorie? What is food? It's simply a way to stay alive. It's energy. A side note, haters exist in every industry, not just health and food. A hater is someone that will make a remark to you, but secretly wishes that they had the discipline and power to do what you do. Always remember this. This is not a food or health tip. This is a life tip. Number six, detachment. I detached myself from food. It means nothing to me. It's simply a way to keep me alive. I don't love it and it does not love me back. I don't get a high from it. I don't get emotional from it. I don't eat out of anger, sadness, or pity of myself anymore. I remind myself of those dark days in college when I was stuffing my face and you know, eating myself to an early death. And I will never go back to that. Number seven, kind of robotic processes. I think that the way that I live my life and my habits are so systemized today that you could starve me for three days. You could put me in front of a buffet with 50 items and I will know within 30 seconds exactly what I'm putting on my plate and how much. And it's going to be a tenth of what you think I will take. That's how well I know my body. I know exactly what it needs, A, to stay alive, and B, to function optimally. Everything I put into my body is meticulously planned. I travel with snacks. I have a full pantry in my office. I make my shakes before bed. I meal prep every day. I cook every day. This is now just a part of my life, and it's so systematic that I don't even need to think twice about it. The last thing is the unknown. I'm still learning daily. I don't know it all. And honestly, I never want to live my life to where I say, I know it all, okay? Because then life is just not worth living. My curiosity is what keeps me going to wake up and to learn something new about my body, to learn something new about food, to learn something new about health, to learn something new about the interaction. And this curiosity, this obsession is what keeps me going. It's what keeps me excited to, to live another day. I keep learning more about my food and my body and my mind daily. And this is exciting. I'm getting better and managing my own lifestyle every single day. It's similar to like being a business owner where like you get excited about like rolling out a new product. You get excited about making more money. You get excited about cutting some costs. Like it's the same way, like your body's a business. Think of your body like a business and you will never ever get bored of it or you will never ever not feel excited about working on yourself. Your body is like your own personal project. It's like having your own personal vehicle and having the power to work on it. And you do, but you can't treat it like crap. Okay, moving on to part three. So part one, we talked about what food is. We talked about what makes it up. Part two, we talked about and explored my personal relationship with food. In part three, we are going to discuss your relationship with food. And I'm going to encourage all of you, all of the listeners, to probe and kind of ask yourself certain questions that's really that are really going to help you uncover a lot of things. So I would say at this point, over 100 people have asked me to make them a specific diet plan to become their nutritionist or even help them with food. And my answer is I cannot do that. My consciousness only allows me to have control over my own life. I can never control anyone else's no matter how hard I try. It's similar to like a smoker trying to quit smoking because his wife wants him to. That smoker will never achieve a smoke-free life. You have to take matters into your own hands. It's your life. It is your health. It is your consciousness. It is your awareness. So food is the same way. When I tell all of these people the secret or what I call the secret, which is 
you need to face the uncomfortable truth. Why do you eat what you eat or the way that you eat? People are not willing to face that. People have told me openly they binge eat emotionally, but they're not willing to face why. There is a lot of trauma, believe it or not, that goes into food and habits. And, you know, early 2020, I spent probably like two or three months um, in therapy and I uncovered a lot of things about my own life. And it really helped me dive deep and dig deeper into why I, f I'm, I was addicted to sugar. Um, and it was essentially like the high, like I wanted that high so I could feel alive. Like it made me feel like somebody is like there for me. Like I was really craving like excitement in my life and I would use sugar as like a weapon to to pretty much say, hey, I want to feel excited. So let's just eat a lot of sugar. The answer always lies within. So dig deeper, figure out what it is and why it is that you're eating the way that you're eating. I also see people in society and when I'm kind of out in public that people visibly get excited about food. They let their emotions run their stomach. And when this happens, you pretty much become a slave to food. Okay. So you are essentially attached to it. And when you see it, you're hungry, you just want to eat, you just want to satisfy that, you know, hunger is a basic human feeling, everyone feels hunger, okay. But whether you eat 2000 calories in one sitting, or whether you eat 200 calories in one sitting, you're still going to get hungry two hours later. So hunger will always be there. But you cannot, like, emotionally just get like, oh my god, I'm just going to eat everything in sight. And, and that is kind of like having that control, right? So this is why fasting and meditation is such a good practice. And this is why you see it encouraged so much is because it allows you to have discipline over your hunger. It allows you to learn that food is not something that you need to pretty much like pounce over as soon as you see it. Um, food slavery is real. Food is not exciting. You should not be ready to stuff your face as soon as it arrives. It is simply there for energy. Sure, it should taste good, um, but my hunch is, is that most people eat for the taste versus the nutrition. So like 80% of people will eat for the taste and 20% will eat for the nutrition. But when this ratio is flipped, when you're eating 80% for nutrition and 20% for taste, you will find food freedom. I promise you that. This is extremely important. There might be another episode on this one, but trauma is very real, okay? Understand that everyone copes in different ways. Comfort comes in many forms, alcohol, tobacco, self-harm, drugs, anger, and so much more. I see this a lot in today's families. Oh, you want to shut up the kid? Feed them unnecessarily, even though they're not hungry, and put them in front of a TV. Or my mom didn't have time to love me physically, so I started to find comfort in food because it was always there for me. Hell, I have a very similar example, right? My life is not that exciting, so I'm going to eat sugar so I can just stimulate it with some excitement. I've heard it all. Uh, food has no emotions. This is an uncomfortable truth you need to understand. Food has no emotions. Food does not love you. Food is a common comfort because we feel like it's not harmful, but do not make this mistake. If you keep drinking long-term, your, your, your liver will eventually fail. You will eventually harm those around you and yourself. Long-term, food can also be abused, and I see it a lot. Long-term toxic and binge-eating habits will lead to a lot of preventable diseases. You know, Confucius said, a healthy man wants 10,000 things, but a sick man only wants one thing, right? So your health really is the most important piece of your life because without it, you don't have anything. You don't have a life. Don't wait until it's too late to change your habits. If you want to get healthy physically, the most important relationship in your life is not the one with your parents. It's not the one with your spouse. It's not the one with your coworkers or even your kids. 
It's the one that you have with food. Food is everything and nothing at the same time. It's simply fuel to keep you alive. Physical disorders such as bones, joints, muscles, metabolic disorders such as diabetes, heart disease, obesity, stroke, psychological disorders such as depression, anxiety, Alzheimer's, skin disorders such as acne, eczema, and even cancer is regulated and impacted by food. Nobody wants to admit this, and you will not be educated by the government or by corporations or by school or the media on any of this. Everything, all of these diseases, the source is always food. They want you to be a slave to the toxic food that they feed you. Do not remain trapped, break free, educate yourself. Part four, the conclusion. I'm going to be tying it all back. So part one, we talked about what food is, what makes it up, how it impacts your cells. Part two was exploring my relationship with food. Part three was exploring your relationship with food and helping you get to the bottom of why you eat the way that you do. And part four is going to tie it all back. So I want to talk about one last definition, and that is the metabolic rate. Your body's metabolic rate is its ability or the rate that it expends energy. So the rate that it spends energy. In business and startups, you can think of as this like the burn rate, right? If you have a million dollars in funding, what is your burn rate? How many months is it going to take you to run out? So your body's the same way. It's simply a science. Think about your business. If I make $100 a month and I have $60 worth of expenses, my profit is $40. And in business, the idea is to continue making money over time so that you can grow and grow and grow. Losing weight and health is the same exact concept. You just have to simplify it. If I am eating 1,000 calories a day, but I am expending or using 1,200 calories per day, then over time, that deficit is going to cause me to lose weight. But if I'm eating 2,000 calories a day and I'm only burning 1,000 calories a day, over time, it's going to cause me to gain weight. So it's just a numbers game. You have to get to the bottom of it. If making money is important to you, then you're going to prioritize your business. You're going to find ways to cut cost and increase the revenue. And if health is important to you, then guess what? You're going to find ways to if you want to lose weight, you're going to find ways to decrease the incoming and increase the outgoing. So you have to understand that all of this is just a simple numbers game. So why is food and nutrition a trillion dollar industry? Why is dieting and weight loss a billion dollar industry? Because everyone wants to look good and feel good. Okay. But at the same time, everyone is looking for shortcuts. Everyone is looking for like I want the results tomorrow. Nothing worth having in life, and this is not a health and food tip. Again, this is a life tip. Nothing worth having in life ever comes in a short amount of time. Nobody wants to admit this, okay? This is going to be a very hard truth to swallow for a lot of people. If you cannot understand or control your food intake or fix your relationship with it or understand what's being sold to you and so much more, you will never be successful in getting healthy. You will blame everything. Genetics, society, going out, kids, no time. There's always going to be an excuse. You will blame everything but yourself. And one day, 25 years from now, when you're sick, when you're physically sick from eating all the crap that you've eaten over the years, you will think back upon this moment and when you had the choice to do the hard thing or the easy thing. Don't live in regret. 
cleanse yourself. Fixing your diet will result in 10 different, if not more, positive outcomes in your life. I promise you that. I would like to end this episode with a short pieces of advice uh, that have helped me with my relationship with food, that have helped me wake up, that have become, helped me become conscious. Only eat food that comes from either a plant or an animal. It Diet cannot get simpler than this. If it comes from a plant, if it comes from an animal, you should be eating it. If it does not come from either of these, you should not be putting it into your body. The Western world is cursed with fast food, processed food, chemicals, toxins, endocrine disruptors that our ancestors from a thousand years ago would not have been able to fathom nor taste. Let me give you an example. Think of any big social media company out there. Meta, Twitter, TikTok. Money is no longer the most important currency. Attention is the most important currency. And there are scientists and psychologists that are employed by these trillion dollar social media companies that are paid very handsomely to obsess and find ways to keep you addicted to their apps, to keep you scrolling, to keep you clicking. Because where attention goes, money flows. It is the new currency. So believe it or not, but across, remember we talked about the eight to 10 major food corporations that own majority of the food supply. There are a lot of scientists and that are also finding ways to keep you addicted to their food. They're finding ways to rename things very slyly. Oh, let's call sugar sucralose or let's call this that and let's call this that. Well, the consumer's stupid. They're not going to read this. They're not going to know. And guess what? The FDA will approve it. It is all a huge and massive game and you must educate yourself. You must wake up because this is crazy. I read this article many years ago. I'm going to try to find it and put it in the show notes. So you know Doritos, right? Doritos, and you watch their commercials, and it's all about like that crunch and that flavor and like the, you know, there is literally an army of scientists that find ways to get you addicted to that crunch. When you first bite into a Doritos, that explosion of artificial flavor or that crunch is what keeps you addicted. Pringles is the same way. I don't know if you guys remember, but like five, 10 years ago, Pringles' whole marketing technique was, I think their whole slogan was, once you pop, you just can't stop. Literally, it's in plain sight. They're trying to get you addicted to the food. It's that simple. The problem really is not with any of these macros, right? We always say like, oh, I want to eat less calories. I want to eat less carbs. I want to eat less fat. I want to eat less sugar. You got to understand that the problem are the ingredients and how these macros have been weaponized. Sugar is now a weapon. It's just as addicting, in my opinion, as alcohol and tobacco. FDA and the other agencies have gotten really smart. They've started naming chemicals and processed foods with different things because they think you're stupid. They think that you're not going to read any of it. And they what they do is they they put all this artificial crap in the ingredients box at the very bottom and they keep you distracted with the top like oh by the way here's how many calories it has here's how much sugar it has but the the real gold and the real treasure and the real education is at the very bottom in the ingredient list have you ever picked up a kid's cereal lately next time you go to a grocery store i want you to pick up one of the col colorful kid cereals lucky charms tricks recess puffs any of these crap cereals Pick it up and flip it around and look at the ingredient list and you're going to be mortified. How the hell are they serving this or how is this allowed to be sold to kids, right? So again, the FDA, they'll allow the sale of tobacco and alcohol, which is, which is like the two largest leading causes of death in America. And they'll approve the sale of, of this tricks and lucky charms to kids but they're not going to approve supplements that will literally cure you, okay? How did I get rid of my acne, by the way? We never talked about this. It's a mix of diet, exercise, and zinc. 
And if I look at my zinc tablet, um, 50 mg per day, this supplement has not been approved by the Food and Drug Administration and is not meant to cure any diseases. Guys, again, it's all a game. Okay, pick up that kid's cereal, read the ingredients and get back to me. What do you think? The nutrition label is less important. The ingredient label is what is more important. Learn the numbers of all the macros. Do you budget from a personal financial standpoint? Do you budget? Do you want to get out of debt? Do you want to make more money? How do you keep a budget? Do you own a business? Do you want to stay in business? If these things are important to you, you stay on top of the numbers, right? Without a sound mind and a sound body, your life is nothing. So stay on top of your bodies and your food number as well. Learn to read the ingredients. I personally don't put anything foreign in my body. I research every ingredient that I don't recognize. This is going to be my closing remark for today's episode. I am certain that most people don't know what it's like to feel good because all of our lives, we have been trapped in this American healthcare and food system. We live in an age of abundance. We can literally walk into any grocery store today and pick up anything that we want to from, from any company, from any country, with any nutrient, with any mineral, with any vitamin, and with any taste. Imagine just a thousand years ago, you had to go out and you had to hunt for food. You had to go out there and you had to kill animals to make sure that you and your family survived. But today, it's the exact opposite. You can, with the tap of your phone, you can order any food that you want to, okay? You must break free from the system. The power and the privilege to choose is both a blessing and a curse. You have the blessing to be able to be as healthy as possible. You also have the curse to make the wrong choices and over time they're going to harm you in the long run. Don't abuse it. Let's educate ourselves. Let's empower ourselves. Let's live cleaner and healthier lives so we can be independent 30 years from now, so we can be strong for our kids and our grandkids and enjoy a long life and a long quality life with them so we can be better for the whole world that's around us. It is possible to be conscious and enjoy it at the same time. This is what we call balance. But I always live personally for my future self. The decisions that you made 90 days ago, that is the life that you're living today. So if you are going to be making decisions today, you're going to be living life a certain way 30 years from now. So be conscious, be educated, Let's share the knowledge, let's empower ourselves, and let's go out there and live a healthier life through food. Because believe it or not, it all starts with food. Thank you all so much for listening. I'm going to update all the show notes. If you don't follow, follow the podcast, download it, rate it, give me feedback. You can find me on Instagram. You can find me on Facebook. You can find me on LinkedIn. And I really appreciate all of you. And we'll see you next week. Thank you.